This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Heather Bain. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to the Let's Talk Business, the show that talks entrepreneurship with, <laughs> entrepreneurship with some of the best businesses in the San Antonio area. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about owning a business versus owning a job. What's the difference and why it matters so much to your success? In studio with us today is Heather Bame, a certified business coach that works with business owners to gain clarity in their business and achieve their goals. Heather, welcome back to the show. Always good to be here. You bet. Also with us is Tone Gonzalez, the president of Tone Homes AC and Remodeling, a company that can do just about anything you need done to your home. Tone, welcome back to the show. Can't wait to talk entrepreneur shop. Right. <laughs> and we have Imad Gurgis, the owner of Simply Bookkeeping, a company that helps business owners understand more about their finances and the projection of their growth. Imad, welcome back to the show. Thanks again, Mark. And I'm your host, Mark Ebinger, the owner of Crucus Marketing Agency, a company that specializes in giving small businesses a competitive edge by hiring lead generation and administrative experts from the Philippines for as little as $7 an hour. A quick reminder for our listeners, you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. And if you are a business owner in the San Antonio area and would like to have your company featured on the show and join us in this beautiful, modern podcast studio, visit our website at satalkradio.com to apply or call our office at 210-960-8210. That's 210-960-8210. All right. So I kind of wanted to open this with a, with a quote. It's one of my favorite quotes, Right. And it is, it is the set of the sails, not the direction of the wind, that determines which way you will go. Tone, what does that mean to you? Makes me thankful. Um, means I have some control. You don't want to be blowing with oh. the wind. You know, you want to be able to have some effect on your outcome and where you end up, you know. And, uh, yeah, being able to set your sails and setting your sails is, is what gives you the control over where you your dest- where you, yeah, like where you end up. It's... it's that's a good point. Uh, Heather, what does that mean to you? Oh, um, well, I think I say this a lot of times, so I think most people in this room has heard it. It's like the difference between saying, I want to go to California and just turning your car west and driving until you hit the ocean, and you'll probably go to California. You don't know where in California or when you're going to end up there, but you'll probably get there, right? And actually picking a spot in California and putting it in your GPS and getting there in the minimum amount of time possible. So like when you set the sails, you're headed in the direction you want to go and the place and the time you want to go there versus just like wandering around until you land somewhere that's in the general vicinity of where you want to be. All right. Imad, like being what does deli- that mean to you? Being deliberate. Being um, deliberate. Exactly. Honestly, I think it, it's good also because it gives us a choice to choose. So it says, you know, I'm good at so-and-so and I can do this whether the wind's going east, west, wherever it's going. I want this to be the direction. This is what I'm good at. This is what I want to do. I have the ability to do that. That's good. All right, for me, it's it's more like adversity is going to come. A change is going to come. The the world is not uh, like set on this one, you know, path, and it's you have to be this way to succeed. That given the tool to be able to pivot and to adjust to things mm-hmm. to life is going to allow me to get where I want to go. Still while dealing with the adversity and the challenges that come along with it. So I think mine's much deeper than everybody else. <laughs> I, like, I was going to say I vote for Imad's, actually. Uh, what? I like His came out of surprise, surprised me, uh, the idea of the way he looked at that, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that, and that's why we go around and ask because we get different insights and, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and all that. It's okay to be wrong, guys. It's yeah. all right. To be you, wrong. Nobody was well, there wrong. There really isn't a wrong answer here. I think was right, which was really good, you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay, whatever. I hate to be the wrong guy in that <laughs> deal. Well, that's the thing. I feel like the way we all interpret, and that, that goes to the point, too. The success does look different to everybody, and the way you're tacking your sales, we're on a sales metaphor kick, even though I'm betting no one in here sales. I'm in sales. In no, no, I mean S A I L S. Do oh, you sales. actually sail? No, I don't sail. You get yeah, sunk no. by an all orca immediately, motors. all of you. <laughs> all my, I'm on boats all the time and they all have motors. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not leaving myself to the, having to learn how to, I don't even know, setting of the sail and all that, the, the practical application of that, it's not, not yeah. happening. I for took me. one sailing yeah. lesson in high school. Yeah, I've done it, but my physical uh, ability to sail has passed. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah, orcas are killing all the sailboats anyway, so we don't need to. But. To go with that metaphor, it's what the success is, is different to everybody. Mm. And having that clarity directs how you maneuver your ship. You know, it's weird. I just saw this uh, clip of these whales that were running themselves into shore. Anybody see that? No, what's that Not about? Not into shore. I don't I've know. I've heard of this they show this. They show this video of, I'm talking like 100 or hundreds, I don't know how many, but that many. Um, whales just running straight into the shore and uh, just capsizing themselves. And the people, of course, in today's world, it was on Twitter, so people had opinions, and they were all talking about how it was the naval, the Navy's responsible and their sonars driving our animals crazy and, you know, call PETA and different. It was all these different deals. But but it's interesting, you know, like um, knowing your direction, you got to know where you're going. I mean, these are whales, and they're capsizing themselves. Something's... Something's wrong with yeah. Their, their GPS is all messed up. Something's wrong. They didn't yeah. get the update at sixteen point five on yeah. iOS. I don't know what the deal is. That's what I said. I'm, I'm glad I can. I, I, well, metaphorically, I could control a sail myself, right? Like I can actually move that sail. Because if you just go off of instinct or you just get the wrong thing, you end up on the shore. So yeah. let's dig into this idea of owning a business versus owning a job. And uh, you know, Tony, you were mentioning I think before we got uh, turned to mics on and everything about you're still a job owner you've mm-hmm. been at this for a while now so why is that why are you still in that is that what you wanted or did you just find yourself stuck what's the deal there? I mean the job owner business owner conversation could go on forever sure. right because there's so many aspects as to what what one is and how it how the other one is I'm um I mean, I guess it's important to frame that out. If nobody's ever, have you ever heard that before? Being a job owner versus a business owner. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so if somebody hasn't heard that, um, you know, if you, you know, everybody who goes out and gets a DBA and st- promotes their business, um, leaves a company, no longer is getting paid by the hour or by salary from some company, um, considers themselves a business owner. <laughs> but in actuality, um, business owners. Don't have to be at work every day. Uh, business, I can give you a really easy example. That's a McDonald's franchise owner. They basically look at their numbers on a weekly basis. They might not even be in the state that they own that property in or that business in. They're a business owner. That business runs and they own it, right? Whereas if you are, um, you know, Tio's Taco Shop, you're you're a job owner. You know, you have to be there every day, make sure everybody shows up. You got to put the beans on sometimes. Depending on if somebody doesn't else show, uh, someone else doesn't show up. You got to cover them. It's just you're working in that job. The only difference is you're not, you know, 
You're not working. It's all the work of a regular job and all the responsibility of owning a business, but none of the perks, right. I feel like, of owning a business. Because half the time, you know, I'll meet people and people hire me for one of two reasons. It's either they want to make more money or they want to make more time for themselves because they get to a point in their business where they realize they can't step away. They cannot take a vacation. They can't stop answering their phone. They can't spend time with their families because they are doing the job of their business mm -hmm. and it's driving them crazy because a lot of us get out of our jobs to yeah. own and, a business. And adding on to uh, what Heather was saying there, so that time and money analogy is, is brilliant because you either have more time and you use your time to market or you have more money, for example, and you want to use the money to market. But when you've got both, that's, that's when you've really kind of almost gotten to the point where, okay, now I'm the business owner. Mm -hmm. I figured out how to have both. And that's when you have a, we don't want to go too deep into it, but a good to great business owner, a great business owner will have a business that's continuing to grow without necessarily them being too involved in it. And mm -hmm. getting to that point, who here has not read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Has oh, anybody not book. read it? I like the yeah. cash flow quadrant too. Oh yeah, yeah. the cash flow quadrant. <laughs> I think great. I like that one better actually. But yeah. what I found interesting too, and I wasn't sure. I'm not sure if it's in the actual Rich Dad Poor Dad, but I read his like investor book too. Because once you get to that point where you've got time and money, there's just this totally different world of opportunity that yeah. gets opened up to you. But you don't have the time to acknowledge it if you're working in a job and like you don't have the money <laughs> to be able to take advantage of it if you're not having something working without you actively being yeah, in it. Yeah, you need to be so, in the I quadrant. Yeah. You got to be in that investor quadrant somehow. You got to get yourself there. Yeah. Um, the the business owner, um, uh, when you're in the business owner position, you know, um, you are able to be more creative, but it's not always about money, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, being a business owner, like you said, gives you the time. So being able to spend time with your – the big thing is a lot of job owners could make the same or more working for somebody else, right. but they don't know how to take the number two position. Yep. So you you have to, like, you have to know that whether you're a number one or you're a number two, um, you have to know your place. Um, I've I worked for a company. I subcontracted for a company for four years where I was the number two, and helped to grow this company to a really high level and was getting paid, you know more money than I had ever been paid before and more money than anybody in that position had ever been paid before. Um, the work environment, uh, so I was a business owner, then I contracted to this company to run their business as general uh, manager for their company, and then I left that company because I they wouldn't open the doors for me to be a partner in the company. So I went back and started my current company that you see now, and that was about 12 years ago, maybe 13 years ago, when you, start to, when you see the current uh, manifestation of my business. Um, but if I left today, I could make more money than I would working for them. But the work environment, there was some things, and I, you know, I don't want to bore you with my personal situation, but there was just things there that I didn't feel comfortable with anymore. I felt like the business had taken a turn that was maybe not as moral as we like to do. Has anybody ever said to you that maybe you're a more effective number two than a number one? Yeah, well, I know that, well, I've done both, and I've been effective in both areas, um, I'm comfortable with either one, like in a certain, like in our endeavor right now, you know, in our endeavor, I'm comfortable with being a number two in this uh, new business that we're doing as far as the cold calling, um, business, as far as this other business goes in my current business. Um, I know in that business, I'm a, I'm a good number one. I have 
things that I need to tackle and so on. And that's another conversation for another day. Um, but I've been a number one in this business. We've I've developed three different companies in this same in this same um, uh, space, yep. right? This specific air conditioning or remodeling space, and uh, been the person that was responsible for the growth, and then was able to exit the business. So I know I'm comfortable there, but you have to be able to. But I'm not comfortable like in the others in this other again. If you want to do more than one business, sometimes you'll be the number two. Sometimes you'll be the number 10. Like if you really want to be an entrepreneur, you sure. want to be an investor, when you talk about being in the I-quadrant, some of the most I, – I have two really high-level investors that, I'm, that I've had a chance to spend a lot of time with. You know, big billion-dollar uh, portfolio investors and in, in different businesses. One of my friends had 99, 99 businesses uh, two years ago that he was running. So uh, seeing him maneuver and so on showed me – that you know, there's a certain way, and, and in his businesses, it was often that he was the number three, the number four, and he has a mentor who was a, a seed seed funder for like the like Amazon and for these big companies, the uh, three of the largest companies, PayPal, Amazon, and um, I don't know one of the other big three, uh, and he, the, my friend, knows to take a number two to that man, to the guy who is the mega investor, you know. So a lot of business owners get trapped in their business as a job owner, when they really aren't num a number one, or they're only a number one in their own world. Well, and I think, you know, number one or number two, kind of the definition of what being that business owner to you is is really important because there's so many vehicles to go about. We, all four of us, have wildly different businesses. They, they I mean, they kind of overlap here and there, but we're all going about getting to our specific goals in different ways. So... The definition, because you said it yourself, like money at some point doesn't really matter. $10,000 a month to one person could be totally sufficient where another person needs a million. Mm -hmm. So there's not one right answer, but what is the vehicle of getting to be a business owner look like for, for each of you guys? And, and if they want to be that business owner as well, too. So mm -hmm. kind of like yeah. what Tone was saying. Okay, so it's evaluating what role do you want to be in because a lot of us business owners – like you said, yeah, you could take time off, you can go on vacation, but your brain never stops. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah you might be on vacation, but your brain is on 24-7. If something happens, you've got to answer whether you're on vacation or not. Whereas if you're a job owner and you're technically on vacation, yeah, you know, you don't necessarily have to respond. Black, you, well, that's, that's, you flipped it. I think Job owner has to respond. Business owner necessarily doesn't have to. Yeah, because he's going to have people in place to actually yeah, take care it's of that. Same, yeah, you just had him flip. So, well, and to Heather's point, but like for me, building a business is building a business, not a job. I, I, I knew the difference going in. I don't know if I ever used those terms necessarily when I first started, but I knew that I was going in a direction that I was going to build a corporation that would run without me and actually run better without me. A good example of that is the hiring side. When I hired Abby, she took it to a whole other level of what I'm able to do now, and she does it better than I ever did it. And, uh, and that's what you want as a business owner. You want to hire people who are better than you at what you're doing because it elevates everything that you're doing. Yeah, my recent failure of, of growing my business, because I've, I've made three, uh, three hard-fought um, attempts to grow the business. And when I say that, I mean I've invested a lot of capital to grow the business, right? Mm -hmm. So I hired these people that I knew were great at each individual position, expecting them to do what Abby did for Mark, who was a stranger to Mark. So I hired people that I knew were successful, that I knew I would call them friends. I hired them because I knew them. I trusted them. I was afraid to hire people I didn't trust, right, or that I didn't know. I wanted sure thing. 
because I was in, I was gambling <laughs> a lot of money on these positions. You know, weekly salaries, um, you know, seventy thousand plus for four different positions early last year we hired, which is that's that's two hundred eighty thousand dollar commitment, bare minimum, <laughs> right? Without bonuses and everything else. So, um, you know, one of the things I've learned is that sometimes you have better results with strangers. Like Mike, like Mark did when he found when he found Abby, or like we found Dennis, because we've got we're talking about people that need context. So there are people that work in Mark's company for hiring the VAs, and Dennis works for me as a, we hired him through the VA company. And he's now in charge of um, developing the cold caller uh, business that Mark and I are starting together. But these are two people that were on the other side of the world, literally. They're in the Philippines. That when given the opportunity, took the ball and ran with it. And that's what you need to be able to grow a business. Well, but well, it, to just to touch on that too, because you're, it's not about abdication. We got to be careful of that. It's not like, well, I hired you. I expect you to go do this. It's like, I meet with my VAs. Oh, yeah. You know, when I was doing, when I first started up, I was meeting with them twice a day, sometimes more than that when it came to training. It's like, I never took that assumptive stance that, hey, I hired you. Now go do. It was always, I'm walking with you through this. Like Almira, my first one in August. You know, she's now uh, my COO. She's she's running operations yeah. for me. Well, she's earned that, but we walk that together. So it's never you got to be real careful about abdicating that responsibility. I think that's huge because when people talk about like building wealth, we hear passive income a lot. How do we create passive income? And the truth is, the first step I think is recognizing there is no passive There's income. No passive There's income. none. It doesn't matter if you're in stocks. It doesn't matter if you're in real estate. It doesn't matter if you're in business. It's leveraged income. It's how are you leveraging your income? And there's different vehicles. There's, somebody's working. Somebody's working. Yeah. And you could I be agree. building a team like you guys are. And for me, like I'm a business coach. I look at my business and I recognize that it's going to be really hard to scale my business because I can't leverage coaching. That is something that me and my clients well, have I, as I a one-on-one relationship. they're cloning people in Mexico. Cloning so people. I don't want to do We can clone I've already you. done that with my two yeah. little daughters that look just like me. Stormtroopers. But <laughs> yeah, stormtroopers. as a solopreneur, which I would firmly put myself like in the that. S like quadrant, that. right? Um, I need to, if I want to be a business owner, my thought is how do I create the vehicle to make myself a business owner? Because I love business coaching. It's my passion. But I recognize that it's a hard to leverage business. Well, so I look at different vehicles that I can grow along with my business coaching and I'll have to give it time and attention, but what can I give, you know, a few hours a week rather than 80, 90 hours a week to leverage my time and attention? All right, Heather, we're, we're back in Back in line, yeah. Pick up issue. where we left off. So right. what you're saying is, you know, it, it um, to develop, to, to when you're, when or what Mark was saying as far as abdicating or letting some, you know, just giving mm -hmm. it up and. The, the way that you, because uh, we've seen like John Maxwell and some of these bigger uh, business coaching companies scale this, yeah. but the way they scale it is the way that every business scales. It's process documentation and system development. Um, but we I definitely think it's good to go back before we get into that because that's a whole other thing is that, you know, we talked about how money can be important to some people and others. The, the big thing about, the big thing about, um, any of this stuff and, and your time and your money is is the goal setting aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And all of us have been to the class that says take it out of your head, put it on paper, write it down. Everybody's seen that. Everybody who's been in business long enough has been told by somebody you gotta write your goals down. But you know, there's 
there's levels that have been that that's I heard that first in the early nineties, right? And here we are thirty years later. And now that concept has been taken. We use in our business the PPFs, the personal, professional, and financial goal um, model, where we find out the three different aspects of life, personal, professional, financial, what it is that we really want, get those goals laid out, and then turn those goals into um, goals that are defined. We call them SMART goals. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you know, holding yourself accountable, that's the business owner's job, right? Mm -hmm. And then from there, everybody else, it's – Putting in systems and and um, and that's something that that actually yeah. you've helped with on my side is when I'm thinking about systems and processes, it's I have to develop the systems and processes, but that isn't necessarily the case. He's saying you to Heather, not to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing with the systems and processes is sometimes your brain doesn't work like that. I work with a lot of if anybody's read the book Rocket Fuel, that visionary type. The I see the big picture. I see these crazy new directions that the business can go in. And a lot of the times when you have that visionary view of your business, it's hard to connect that vision to your reality right now. Um, how are we going to make it happen? What's the most efficient way to do it? And sometimes you've got someone on your team who can do it for you. You know, mm -hmm. you're going to hire this person. You're going to train them. Can you just get them to write everything that they're learning down instead of you having to sit there and write it all down before you train them to do it? It's a very small change, but it makes but a big that's how do. I, that's, what we that's do. how I looked at it though, Tone, before, uh, before that conversation with Heather, I was like, oh, I got to create another system and process. And she's like, no, let's just have so-and-so do it. And it was like a huge moment of clarity for me, mm -hmm. which it was very freeing. So I yeah. still remember how that felt. It felt <laughs> awesome. Yeah. 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 What do you, so goal. just bringing on the idea and, and outsourcing that to your, the rest of your team. Go ahead, though, with well, what you're it, saying. So on your team, I know you've got uh, a bit of a team going on. How do you deal with systems and processes? So how we've developed it is we've got a certain level of discipline for our team, but we always encourage the ability to be creative and bring your own ideas to the table. So we always meet weekly, yeah. every Monday, a Monday morning, motivate the team, see how everything's going, see how everything's kept up with. It's good to have that specific foundation, but to also enable everyone to have an idea and a thought process. That way it keeps them uh, motivated and and makes them feel like they're part of something and that they're actually making a difference. Now, to Tone's point, though, and, I, and he's probably thinking the same thing I'm thinking is, when you talk about making a system and process, is everything written down so that if somebody came in to do a job of one of your employees that you could easily replace them? Bingo, yes, it mm -hmm. is. Um, nice. So we have it to where anytime there's a new client that comes in, everyone's unique in their own ways. So we take uh, recorded note, uh, notated notes and recorded videos of specific scenarios that we have to take for that specific client because at any time, and we all know this, employees are, uh, or employees or team members, they're, you know, some stay, some go. So in the case where, worst case scenario, someone decides to leave, how... And what is it going to do to your company? Is it going to make the whole company fall apart? Or can you bring someone in and they can just slide right in, understand these notes, and look at it How over. did you get there? Yeah. How did you get there to that point? Did you do it or did you have the employees do it? I had the employees do it. <laughs> They're already yeah. doing it. Why were you Might thinking as well that note? Well, I'll tell you why. Because they're already doing it. Yeah. And granted, yes, I did teach them, but to a certain degree... They're already doing it on a daily basis. It's 
Now it's the fact of, okay, make sure you notate what you're doing so that if I had to teach it to a five-year-old, they could do it. That's the office analogy. Tell them to yeah. me like, I'm, me like five. I'm five. <laughs> and, and, and they got it, and, and they wrote it down. And, and so now I say, if I were to fire you today, can you teach well, them? I wouldn't put it well, like that's that. Jeez, nice. But that's the thing <laughs> is it's so great when you can implement this early yeah, in your out. business because what's really hard is I had a client who hired me and they're 20 years in. They hired me to come help make sense of their business and help get set the foundations with systems and processes so they could grow. And we started going through all their employees and I was like, what does this person do? I don't know. They do this, this, and this. I was like, well, how do we know that they're doing it? I don't know. And then the employees were all so terrified when we started being like, okay, can you tell us exactly uh, what you do every day? And they were like, why? Yeah. Why? Are you going to fire me? You know. And <laughs> no, we just, if you got hit by a bus tomorrow, wow. we'd be screwed. So we're going right? to kill you. Do you, guys both, do you guys both have to work on your uh, <laughs> delivery, your, your, your of, delivery of that part. But First the thing one's is, getting fired, it's a lot less likely bus. that I'm going to hit them with a bus than it is that you're going to fire them. So <laughs> I think that's a funnier I say, well. look, if I had to duplicate <laughs> your position, Right, then yeah. I, it would be nice to know exactly what those spots. Well, are. whenever we promote you, the next person that you train, <laughs> that's a good way to say. Um, what we, we you know, you want to have something to do. That's what we do, and 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 it's a good opportunity for as far as promotions go. Um, everybody says that they want to move up with their company and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. I, I mean, I, I when I I'm easy, I'm, I'm a good guest because I can tell you everything not to do. Right, like I've <laughs> done it all wrong. So I've hired somebody as a partner and said, okay. I'm going to bring you in, give you a great salary on a 90-day probation period, and if you can show me that you want to run this business like I do, like you do the extra things and you make you earn your way, I'm going to give you a percentage of the business. That never, ever, 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 ever works, right? You should never say that thing out loud. Mm -hmm. You might think it. You might think it, but you <laughs> yeah, never say you that. Got a great Which I didn't learn until later. So the thing is, is if somebody wants to advance, it's – that the person who really wants to advance shows you in their actions and in the way that they are as a person. Like it's in everything that they do. It's it's you. It's you incarnated because you know how much you want to run your business. And everybody, all the people who know you, like people who know me, know that I want to do. You know that I want to be successful. Well, so. and if I can share my take on it, I think that's a great point. But I think it's also important to be able eh, important 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 to be able to show people where they could grow in your company. Mm -hmm. Not just that this position exists, but yeah. this is where my vision of the company is. And you can really pick and choose where you see yourself fitting into it if if you would like to grow into that. But letting them kind of look at that and raise their hands and then they can step up and do the extra work because everybody wants to be working for fulfillment and pride in their work. But so many businesses you see nowadays it's like you get hired for this position, especially in the corporate world. I think it's really, really bad in the corporate world. It's difficult to see your way. It's like climbing a mountain and you're like, well, maybe I go up this path, but there could be a dead end there. I have no idea. It's up ahead of that ridge or there's no clear path to success in the corporate mm -hmm. world. Same and in a, a small business. businesses don't. Same in a small business, yeah. though, because there's no positions established. So you don't know where you're going to go next. Um, that's right on with what we're talking about like mm -hmm. you got to let these people show you and earn uh by doing the little things like when you're doing this stuff like we've seen this with these with the va and we're let's say talking about this cold collar mm -hmm. training so like okay can you document this while we're doing this 
and we were doing a Zoom meeting, and I'm like, can you? Sh- I, I, I'm dictating something, and I'm saying, has anybody written this down? And they're like, yes. I say, can you share your screen? And right away, you see who is. Yeah, that was Abby, big time. Right? Yeah, you see mm-hmm. who is um, who is really got it. And I've had two people who were trying, who were just starting out, that are saying how bad they want to keep their job. One says, uh, like, uh, almost in tears that she doesn't want to leave or lose the position with the company, and she loves the atmosphere and everything. But here I am dictating. I'm saying, okay, somebody write this down. I dictate something. Then I come back and say, who wrote that down? And only one person did it. It's the person that. That's the one who shines. I'm just going to say it that way. And I think, you know, we're getting a little granular on like recognizing good employees, which I think that's a really great point to like prove it. Um, But also, if you can, if you're, we're talking about being a business owner rather than being a job owner, do you know what the structure of your organization needs to look like for you to be a business owner? Are you already working with that in mind so that when you are hiring people, you're keeping an eye out for the traits? Because ideally, we don't want to have. 20, 30 direct reports, that would be impossible to maintain as a business owner, right? If we're a business owner, we have a few key direct reports that are then, you know, there's a reason it's a like a pyramid org chart mm-hmm. looking on almost every organization. We're at the top. We want these three people reporting us. Those three manage the rest. So when you say direct reports, you mean re- report directly to you. Yeah. Like business. if you're in the Bahamas running your business because you're a business owner, who are the people you're meeting with every week? Well, who's, so let whose me, phone call are you going to answer is what you're saying, exactly. right? So I'm actually establishing this in my company uh, already, right? So that mm-hmm. I appointed team leaders uh, in certain divisions with my companies, which I'm actually got divisions now. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but that's to Heather's point is it because me trying to talk to four different social media managers was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Right, because you you want to be personable, you want to be all the things, but really all I want to do is I just want to get the information and get out. Right, mm-hmm. so I've got a team lead who can pay the attention and do all the nurturing and stuff that needs to be done, and I can just get the information I I need and then validate what they're doing or correct or whatever I need to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's huge, but that comes from vision, and and mm-hmm. that's it, to and that's one of the exercises she, she's mm-hmm. walked me Heather's walked me through in the coaching session was what does your organization look like so we map it out and that helped me understand even the hiring personalities right mm-hmm. you know and then having those discussions with people as we move along so they can visualize themselves in that spot like you know what I I could be a supervisor I could do this first yeah. first job I ever got that was like a higher position job I was 19 years old and um, uh, was was uh, hired as the director of marketing for George Harris Western Center's clothing, Western apparel, right? And I was an advertising salesman for a newspaper that was sold him some ads, and then he hired me to run his whole marketing department. Uh, he was paying me six twenty five an hour. The guy before me was making $100,000 a year, but nobody told me that. Um, <laughs> paid me six twenty five an hour to come in and do all of his advertising for the whole company, but what he told me was the first thing he told me was I'm hiring you in this position, but let me show you my chain of command. So he showed me his chain of command. He's at the top, his daughter and his son, and then there's me. Mm-hmm. So he put a 19-year-old kid, skinny kid, with no experience except for how to do a couple things on making ads and and so on and, and a good personality, and he put me in charge of basically the whole company because none of those three people really were there. Mm-hmm. They never worked. Oh, wow. So he just basically said, here, it was an insane move. Um, for him to do that, but for some, he saw something in me, right? That 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 said, this is the right person for this, I guess. But um, well, but 
but the chain of command is one of the first things. The vision, you know, how does it look? Where does it go? That was like the first thing he showed me. And ever since then, anytime I start a company or or start with a company or do anything like building out a company, I ask those one of the first questions I ask if it's more than a one person. Like when Mark and I asked, we didn't have there was no real chain of command. It was he was just getting his thing started. Now there's a chain of command. Now he has people under him and yeah. so on. And, and I bring him in like that too. This right. is your so and so and right. such and such. Well, right. and the big thing with it is. If the way we were talking about it is if you know 10 years from now you want the VP of marketing, the VP of hiring, and the VP of human resources to be reporting to you, and that's how you want to run your business, it's expensive to hire a VP. They are not cheap. Even in the Philippines, you're going to pay them a higher price point. But what if you've got the 10-year vision in mind, and right now when you're hiring a social media marketing manager, you already know the traits of your future vice president of this department. And when you hire them for $7 an hour, you start noticing those traits. So maybe you direct them to management training and you start slowly working them up the ranks before they're even close to ready for it. So that in 10 years, instead of going and hiring a really, really expensive vice president, you've now built someone up from $7 an hour to the vice president of your company who has built their way up, has super company loyalty. And the reason you did that is because instead of hiring some random person with just breathing, we'll just ignore that, right. um, you hired your future vice president of marketing from when they were just it's, a social it's, media manager. It's crazy you should say that. Go ahead. Which she just mentioned two super important things there. It's one, identifying who's on the team and their their key traits and then moving them to the right seat of mm -hmm. the bus, which we all know what, what that means. And then the second thing is is hiring from within rather than finding sure. someone out to take a leadership role that hasn't actually been in the company and hasn't really experienced that company's culture to actually really cope with everyone else. Not to mention, if you hire a leader, that means people are under them. That doesn't necessarily mean that the people under them are going to want to listen to that leader unless it's someone that has been promoted from within so they've already earned that loyalty mm. or, and yeah. earned the respect. Everyone loves the... We do need to wrap up, especially since we lost one of our cameras. But uh, all right, well, thanks everybody. We're at thirty or over thirty minutes anyway. So uh, great discussion on job owner versus uh, you know business owner. Uh, a lot of keen insight there. Yeah, we should call this episode one job owner versus business owner because you could have twenty episodes on this one. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. On this sub on this subject. All right, as we wrap up the show, quick reminder: check out our latest podcast or catch video version of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. It's going to be it for us for this one. You guys have a great one. We'll see you on the next show. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark.